0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Saturday, December 19th, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Shane Caldwell and it's time for the week 15 primetime show. We've got Sunday night and Monday night games to gear up for Shane here. Do you have your Red Bull ready to go? Or you have some energy yeah. on Saturday night?
1: Yep. Got the Red Bull ready to go. Yep. We're going to be going all night, you know, probably to crunch the primetime games, get into the main slate a little more, you know, it's NFL all the time. Plus we had Saturday night games that we're tracking as we speak here as it's Saturday night, as we got the uh, Packers and uh, Panthers going right now. So yeah. I, and, and of course we got all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of season log fantasy championship implications
0: going on. So we got a lot of, we got a lot of fantasy action going on this week 15. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Lots of fun stuff going on. And we had a, uh, a nice little sweat this afternoon uh, with our members with the lineup we gave out for the Broncos game. We gave out a full uh, hybrid lineup on FanDuel, and it was in first place off and on for a lot of the second half in the big contest on FanDuel. And it was in first place after that onside kick and Buffalo recovers. I, th- I thought it was over. And then Singletary, with that 51-yard touchdown run, knocked us out of first place by three yards so we would have had first place if it was a 48-yard touchdown or less, or if they'd just taken a knee like they should have. That was crazy.
1: Yeah, it's crazy that you can lose by a fraction of a point, which is yeah. the equivalent of like a few yards. But that's that's definitely how these showdowns work. But, yeah, that's that was an awesome lineup. And, yeah, another impressive performance from Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and those guys and the Bills. It, and the, it's the first time they won the uh, their division in like, what, 25 years. So, you know, uh, definitely uh, happy for any Bills fans out there.
0: Yeah, they're out there. So congratulations to them. i uh, got a good friend named Harry who's a longtime Bills fan. So congratulations to him. Um, all right, Shane. So here's what we've got to do. We have got to repeat that performance with a standout team here. We're, we want these listeners to be able to build winners. And, of course, join us as a member if you want our lineups. And we'll get you a tremendous offer about halfway through the show from our presenting sponsor, BetUS.com.pa. But we've got two new games to attack here, the Browns and the Giants, and two low totals here. This one's at 44 right now, Browns four-and-a-half-point favorites. That's where it opened. We'll see how it ends up with Colt McCoy now playing quarterback for the Giants. And then in the second game, just to give you an overview, the Steelers are now 14-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bengals with a total of only 40. So implied totals of 27-13. to So we've got two potentially low scoring games here with you know the Giants who are 5 and 8 but they've been better recently winning four of the last five Bengals no i mean they're a mess so interesting slate here Shane let's let's start with game 1 Browns and the Giants and you know it it's looking like uh, a a pretty juicy situation for the Browns to try to bounce back from that tough loss to Baltimore because like I said, they've got the Giants with Daniel Jones out, Colt McCoy in, and it should be a good night for for Baker Mayfield again with Bradbury out and the Giants slot corner Holmes out. Should, do you think this is going to be a situation where the Browns go to the air a little bit more?
1: It is, you know, and we've talked about the Browns running game, how much we love them all year touting them. And now all of a sudden, when I'm doing the the matchup analysis for this, I'm like, I love the Browns passing attack. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and, and, you know, it definitely helps that they're still going to be able to run the ball, but it just sets up that play action so be- so beautifully, you know, the linebackers start creeping in, they start playing single high safety, and then, you know, Baker Mayfield goes to work and he's looked great, you know, those bootlegs and throwing on the run recently and, you know. It's almost like their passing game was better without Odell Beckham. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but they certainly, uh, you know, these, even these younger receivers that they have besides along with Landry have been great. And Baker Mayfield's looked great when he's passed, but I think really it starts with that run, but uh, even at low volume, I think his productivity against this giants banged up secondary is going to be great. So yeah, I I love the passing attack here.
0: Okay, good. So uh, you know, looking at the two game slate on Draftkings, um, that's where we're going to kind of focus most of our analysis, and hopefully this will help you with the showdown lineups as well. Um, Landry's seven thousand, Richard Higgins four point nine. you know, pretty good, pretty good options there. The running backs, you know, like you said, uh, we've played a lot of Chubb recently, but he's eight point three. He's the most expensive player here on this slate. You know, in the the first couple lineups I've been playing with, I've been more focused on Landry uh, than than Chubb.
1: Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, and I was looking at FanDuel pricing, which if you're playing the two games late on FanDuel, we mentioned that when we before we started this podcast, we talked about that. The pricing is really soft, so you can just play whoever you want. So then it's a matter of, okay, you can leave a couple thousand on the table you want to try to get different. Now DraftKings you actually have to strategize in with salary and not just trying to get different with your plays, right? right? Um so yeah, because I mean for example, Landry is only 6400 on FanDuel and he's $7000 on DraftKings, which has a lot smaller budget. So it tells you and also the PPR, Landry's good at PPR here. Um yeah, but so I think that what you can do on DraftKings is you can look to Kareem Hunt for the for, to get exposure to the the, the Cleveland running game because I think that this this matchup's so good um, that you in in Cleveland so good at running the ball. You know, Giants are middle of the pack against the run. They're okay, but Cleveland's still going to be able to get the job done in the running game. And what I noticed is the Giants give up one of the they're one of the worst teams against uh, running backs catching the ball receiving. Um, they gave up a ton. It was like over 600 yards, approaching 700 yards receiving to receiving uh, running backs, which is exactly what Kareem Hunt is. Plus, Kareem Hunt can get it done on the – on the. plus, he can get it done on the ground. Plus, of course, on DraftKings, you're going to get those PPR points for Kareem Hunt. So, on DraftKings, I would lean more Kareem Hunt unless you're going to try to get Chubb in there. Of course, I'm never opposed to playing both of those, both of those running backs in the same lineup. We've done it several times, and it's worked. Um, I know this is looking like more of a passing game, but I don't think it's going to still be a high-volume passing. They're still going to be well-balanced here. So, you can play both of those guys just because they're so explosive and such good playmakers when they get the ball that you could play both of them. And some of the other running backs aren't looking great on the slate. Um, but yeah, so I, that's what I would say is uh, Chubb for sure, you know, on FanDuel Hunt more is DraftKings, but you could play both of them or you could still fit Chubb on you know, DraftKings if you can fit it. But 8300 is very expensive when the salary is actually proper. Um, and then I think you can definitely pair B- Baker Mayfield. I like pairing him with a combination of either Jarvis Landry And then you can throw in Rashad Higgins, who's been really hot lately. And also Donovan Peoples-Jones has been a big playmaker as well. He's an elite athlete, really fast, big playmaker, and he's mere minimal price. Uh, Higgins is looking really good on the outside because the star corner, outside corner, James Bradbury, is going to be out for this game for the New York Giants. And he's been a shutdown corner all year on the outside, and he's on the COVID list. So he's out. So that upgrades Higgins there. Uh, but the slot will also have a great matchup because they've rotated different guys, including Darnell Darnell Holmes in there, who's also out for the Giants. So they're down to, you know, third and fourth string uh, cornerbacks, which we love to target. Just overall, their safeties, their overall coverage isn't great. Um, their linebackers are safety. Their pass rush is, you know, not that great either. So um, Cleveland, interesting enough, you wouldn't think of it, but they are the number one rated offensive line. For by pro football focus for both pass rush or pass blocking and run blocking. If so, if someone were to ask you what's the number one overall offensive line rating, you wouldn't just think, Oh, the Cleveland Browns, but you know, uh, they they are so they're great. Now, they do have a couple of their offensive linemen out for this game, but they think they're still going to be really solid. Um, so yeah, you can definitely load up on two probably of the receivers for Cleveland if you'd like to pair them with Mayfield, and then you can probably choose one of the running backs. I think that. You can go heavy with Cleveland with this game, and I think that, that's a, that that could be a pretty good strategy.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, to your point about the Giants' uh, defense against running backs, they're seventh in yards allowed, uh, meaning they're stingy, but tenth uh, tenth best matchup for running backs in, total, in terms of total fantasy points in large part because they give up the receptions to the running backs, like you said. So I like Hunt on DraftKings, and I could consider Chubb more on FanDuel where salary isn't as much of an issue. Now, let's talk about the Giants, where it's not really about salary. It's just about do we like any of these matchups, and I'm not very excited about any of them, uh, especially this passing game with Denzel Ward. Looks like he's back in for the Browns and Colt McCoy under center. He got that win against Seattle, but he didn't do too much. So are you looking at any of these Giants players on a two-game slate?
1: You know, I, I still like Wayne Gallman because the best way for the New York Giants to attack the Cleveland Browns defense is through the running game. Cleveland, again, middle of the pack. They're decent against the run. But the Giants have been good at, at run blocking and really bad at pass protecting, pass, you know, pass blocking here. So with them having a backup running back in a decent offensive line, a decent matchup in the trenches for running game, and Gallman's also looked good, that's their best way to move the ball here. So I look for Gallman as more of a volume play. He's a little bit touchdown dependent, but I think if they do get in the box, it'll probably be Gallman. So that's why I like him at a cheap price here. Um, if you're going to go to the passing game, I like Sterling Shepard. Uh, lines up in the slot quite a bit as well. Lines up a little bit everywhere. He's, pretty, he's been pretty solid this year. Um, so I think Colt McCoy will be looking to him. And then also Evan Ingram, you might be able to get a little bit lower ownership than some of the other tight ends on the slate. And Evan Ingram, even though he's been a little banged up, it looks like he's going to go. And he has a lot of upside. He's one of their best chances for to make uh, to find a mismatch in the secondary and, and playmakers. Uh, most of the teams in the slate are pretty good at covering tight ends. But I think uh, Cleveland's one of the worst for covering tight ends that are linebackers and safety. So Evan Ingram should be one of the best matchups in terms of a guy that has upside there. Um, so that's where I'm kind of looking at for um, on the, uh, on the side here for uh, the giants. Yeah. If Denzel Ward is back for Cleveland, which is likely then he'll, he'll probably shadow uh, uh, he'll probably shadow uh Slayton there, which is one of their big playmakers and limit his upside as well. So you can get a little exposure to the giants, but obviously it'll be very minimal here.
0: I'm in the exact same trio there of guys I would consider. Gallman in play for me for volume. If I'm going to use a receiver, it's Shepard. And Ingram in play for me as a tight end. He's questionable with the calf. But if he plays, you know, you talked about the matchups here. It's like split. Two of these teams are good and two are bad at at defending the tight ends. And it's it's weird. It's like there's something in Ohio with defending tight ends the last couple years. They can't do it. Cleveland (laughs) and Cincinnati, both great matchups for tight ends the last couple years.
1: Yeah, it's like bad linebackers and safeties as well. What it is. Like Cleveland's safeties are just horrible, and the safeties they did have are out, and they just, they're like way down on safeties. They just can't cover anyone. So, yeah. So I think Evan Ingram could be a sneaky good play here because of that, you know. And even if Gallman gets out and catches a few passes, he's going up against those linebackers, too. Again, that's the same type of coverage scenario there. So that's why that does help for these Giants guys. And, you know, the Giants are a solid team. They have a lot to play for here. They still have a chance to win a division. They're right behind the Washington football team. And of course, Cleveland has a lot to play for because if they, you know, don't win these next couple games. They're in danger of getting possibly getting knocked out of the wild card, you know, because they got a couple teams right on their heels as well. But I mean, they're in pretty good shape. But it's possible that like the Ravens could knock them out too. Um, so they they have a lot to play for here. These te- both of these teams, which is good.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it, Browns defense in play for me as well at thirty eight hundred on this slate. All right, Shane. Before we get to game two, let's share the tremendous offer for the combination of sports betting and DFS. Check this out.
2: Listen up, sports bettors. It's go time, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sportsbook with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity, and most importantly, a sportsbook that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back and thank you to
0: BetUS for that tremendous offer for our listeners. And again, the thing to keep in mind there is that offer goes all the way through April 1st, starting now in terms of membership. So you get that $149 to use on BetUS and you get a membership with us all winter until April 1st. All of our lineups in all of our sports, so you get the rest of the NFL all the way through the Super Bowl. You get the NBA every day. Uh, we're already giving out lineups in the preseason, and obviously we get the regular season starting off on Tuesday. And both sports, we give out the full cash lineup on FanDuel, the full GPP lineup uh, on FanDuel, and then the coach's clipboard on DraftKings with core plays and pivots. So uh, jump in with us, tremendous offer if you use that promo code Coach Talk. Then uh, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS coach talk let us know that you've done that and we'll send you an email and get you into our discord All right, team game 2 here it's a rematch steelers and bengals they played back in week 10 and it was ugly pittsburgh won that game 36 to 10 they could do whatever they wanted the problem is joe burrow played in that game and now he's out and the backup brandon allen is out so they've got ryan finley in there and you know you add all this up and we get steelers 14 and a half point favorites on bet u s. So just a smash spot for Pittsburgh here. How do you think they're going to approach it? Do you think Big Ben slings it around again forty plus times and they just you know um, pick them apart with short passes all night long?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know when we're preparing for these these podcasts, we study the teams. And when you study the the Cincinnati Bengals roster, and you've seen what they've lost and where they're at now. It's ugly. I mean, they're probably worse than like the New York Jets at this point. It's just, it's just ugly. So, yeah, you almost feel bad for them, but you know, there's no mercy in the NFL here. So, yeah, this is going to be ugly. I would probably bet the, you know, I'd probably take the Steelers to cover the 14 and a half. <laughs> and that's how ugly it is. Uh, so, yeah, it's the, the problem with Cincinnati, they have no pass rush They're, like the worst rated pass rush in the league, which is perfect for Big Ben because he just sits back there like a statue and just picks you apart. Um, So there's not going to be much pressure on Big Ben. Their coverage is okay; They're not bad in coverage. You know, they still have William Jackson. So he might be able to limit uh, these wide receivers a little bit, whoever's on his primary coverage. Um, But for the most part, you know, they have a couple, uh, you know, they're decent in the secondary uh, for safeties as well. Um, But, yeah, overall, Cincinnati's really bad. Their offense is bad as well, and, of course, their offensive line. So, yeah, so Big Ben is a a primary target here just because he has so many weapons at his disposal. Um, The only problem is, of course, they can run on them as well. Uh, Pittsburgh has been pretty bad uh, the second half of the season at run blocking and just executing the run in general. They can't get anything going, partially because James Conner's injured. But if James Conner is healthy and he's going to be a full go, and I think he's in play here because Cincinnati's also lost a lot of their main guys. Um, they've lost, you know, DJ Reader and Geno Atkins, all their big guys that they rely on for stopping the run. So they're, they're really decimated up front. Um, so that means even though Pittsburgh's not good at run blocking, they should be able to create some holes against this weak Cincinnati defense. So I expect them to try to, as a kind of a tune-up game, to try to get the running game going and get a little confidence there. I expect them to pat, or to run more in this game where in past games, all they've done is pretty much exclusively pass here. So it'll be a little bit more balanced. Um, You know, kind of the opposite of Cleveland. When we talked about earlier, where Cleveland normally runs, they're going to pass a little more Pittsburgh normally passes. They're going to run a little more here. So, so I would, so you can get exposure to both the running and passing game. You get James Conner. If you're going to go to the passing game, I prefer Juju Smith-Schuster and Claypool, because I think they're going to avoid William Jackson coverage a little bit more um, where Deontay Johnson is looking like he'll probably be shadowed. Or covered be covered the most by William Jackson, who's been pretty much a you know shut down corner for the most part, really really low catch rate, you know really good pat, uh, you know coverage grade here. So I like Juju Smith-Schuster and Claypool. Love James Conner, Big Ben. You can definitely get exposure to Ebron as Cincinnati's really bad at covering tight ends as well. Um, and then if you're going to go a really deep flyer, you know James Washington, even though he doesn't play full time, when he is in there, they take deep shots with him. He's certainly a playmaker and can beat this secondary as well. It's just, you know, it's tough because there's, you know, he's a value play, but, you know, he's definitely boom or bust. But James Washington, I think, is in play as a deep flyer in GPPs. And then on the Cincinnati side, it's pretty easy. Can't really trust the running game. Can't really trust much in the passing game. So pretty much like Tyler Boyd's the best matchup. In the slot, you know, he, it's not going to be easy. He's going up against Mike Hilton, Hilton, who's a good slot corner, but Tyler Boyd moves all over the place. He's a great route runner. He should be able to get open, and I would expect this inexperienced uh, quarterback, Ryan Finley, to be passing over the middle rather than taking shots on the outside. I mean, he's going this quarterback, Ryan Finley, is going to be running for his life. So if he does have a chance, it's a quick drop back and a quick dump down over the middle, and hopefully Tyler Boyd can run after the catch. So if you want to get a little bit lower on play, player that has a chance maybe for a touchdown in a decent game, I would say Tyler Boyd is your guy from Cincinnati. I don't think anyone's going to really play him that much because they're going to see the matchup, which is true. It's a really difficult matchup, but Tyler Boyd's the most talented guy in the best spot here. But overall, this is an ugly game and the Steelers can do whatever they want. Really. And you don't know in the second half, the Steelers might just start putting backup guys in there. Big men might even play the whole game if they get up by 35 points. That's how ugly I think this game could get. Uh, but you got to exposure to it because it's good. They're going to just annihilate the Bengals.
0: Yeah, I agree. No doubt about it. Yeah, if you look at the Bengal side, I can follow up quickly on that one. The only guy I circled a price tag on was Tyler Boyd. On DraftKings, he's 4.8, which is way too cheap for a guy with that much talent. I mean, this year he has 78 catches and four touchdowns. So he's awesome in PPR, as you know. Um, and yeah, the quarterback situation is a mess, but uh, I'm going to play him a bunch here as, as my only Bengal. On the Steelers' side... Um yeah, I echo everything you said. Um, the, the passing game is interesting because this was that, you know, that that first matchup, it was the uh, almost like that coming out party where Pittsburgh took it to the next level with these short passes and there's picking a defense apart and doing whatever they wanted, five, six yard passes instead of running the ball. And it was, it was so balanced. Deontay had 116 yards in the touchdown. Claypool, 56 yards and two touchdowns, and Juju, nine catches for 77 in a score. So it's just, you know, go ahead, uh, take whichever guy you want, Um, you know, and they do do mix it up a little bit with how they line up. Claypool more on the outside, but Deontay and Juju are always crisscrossing and uh, getting open, so... Um, they're all in play for me. Deontay, certainly more risky now. I mean, we called it on the last podcast. The drops was a major issue going into that game. We flagged it. And then, unfortunately, those two early drops against the Bills and Audi came.
1: Yeah, I and, mentioned uh, how Mike
0: Tomlin said that at the press conference. I yep. said if one of
1: these guys start dropping it and Deontay's been the worst, it's like he's in his own head. He keeps looking at his hands. And we yeah, we did call that. And then all of yep. a sudden it happened. I was like, uh oh. Oh, that good. was
0: that was That was rough. You know, Deontay came yeah. back in the game, he played some in the second half. He he made a couple more catches, but you know, he's on thin ice, so we'll see if he can he can stick. He's he's all of a sudden more risky. He went from a guy who's guaranteed, you know, ten plus targets, awesome PPR floor to now he's he's risky because of the drops. So, like you said, James Washington in play. And I like Eric Ebron here because if you just look at the box score in this game, he only had two catches for 38. But like we said, great matchup here, uh, tight ends against Cincinnati. Uh, so there's absolutely no reason why he can't have a big game. And, and you know, Big Ben's been throwing it to him pretty consistently. Uh, you know, he's had the drops issue too, though, hasn't he, Shane?
1: Oh, yeah, you know that's (laughs) well-documented. I call him Mr. Stonehands. He's a great athlete. It's just, you know, the whole catching the ball and being able to keep running and use that athleticism, that's an issue there. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting between choosing between, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield. Usually you wouldn't even take a look at Baker Mayfield compared to Roethlisberger, but Roethlisberger hasn't been that great lately, although this is a get-right spot because they've been up against some brutal matchups here. So um, are you worried about... You know Deontay Johnson. Obviously, the drops. I kind of feel like it's a get-right spot for him that he can redeem himself. But are you worried about this William Jackson? You know, pro football focus seems think he's just going to shadow him, like he's going to follow him everywhere. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I don't know if they need to.
0: Yeah, it's something to think about. Um, but again, he moves over the formation so much that I mean, I, I'm not I'm not concerned that he's going to get shut down. You know, he's not one of these. Uh, wide receivers on the outside who gets a, a corner who's a shutdown corner and then you don't even throw it to him because he's always, you know, mixing up where he starts and uh, he's sh- the, the you know the average depth of target is so short with him that Ben Ben Big Ben's going to get it in his hands if he can catch it so uh, I think he I think he's fine um, I, I think that uh, you know Deontay
1: Johnson's in a bounce back spot and I like him I think he can still get open. But the guy that I kind of like because of the recent bias is probably Claypool the most because Claypool has has matched up against three really tough secondaries in the last three games. I mean, they all have. But in particular, outside corners that they do really well, Baltimore, Washington and Buffalo, all those teams are pretty solid there. He's faced up and he's been disappointing last week's. So I just think this is a get right spot for Claypool. terms of the big play I mean of course he had two touchdowns against Cincinnati last time so I think this is a upwards of two touchdown games but even more yards this time hit him some big plays so that's the guy I'm kind of looking at just for the recency bias you know because if people are looking at game logs they're probably going to go with one of those other guys you know so I like Claypool here
0: I like it yeah so we're going to be grinding here on these lineup decisions for our members and we invite you to come in and take advantage of those Uh, as we mentioned you've got the combination with betting if you want the bet us offer or there's another way to join us as a member if you're not into sports betting you just want to focus on dfs just go to our website dfscoachtalk.com, straight uh sign up there as a member with uh, whatever length of time you want week a month or the same package is available for 149 you don't have to go get that uh, free betting option on bet us you just pay the 149 and it's the full access membership with us until april 1st so We'd love to have you. Uh, we give out the full lineups 45 minutes before kickoff. So uh, jump in here late Saturday night, early Sunday, in time for the main slate on Sunday at 12.15 Eastern. And then we give out these primetime lineups at, let's see, about 7.40, 7.30, 7.40 p.m. Eastern. We'll give out the, the two-game lineups uh, and the showdown lineups for Sunday night. And then Monday, of course, we give out the Monday night showdown lineups. Shane, did I cover all those correctly?
1: Yeah, I think so. I just wanted to mention uh, it's a great time to sign up for DFS Coach Talk. I know we talked about it a lot on the NBA podcast, you know, this week is you're going to be able to get in on every night. Those awesome uh, lineups for NBA, which we specialize in, and you're going to be able to get all the NFL stuff finishing out the end of the year here and going into the playoff slates. So if you're really busy and you don't have time to do the full research module like we do, we put a lot of time and research and preparation, a lot of experience into it. So it's going to save you time. If you're too busy working and doing other things, you can still play DFS, win money with DFS Coach Talk, become a member, You know, get in the Discord. It's awesome. So it's a great time to join. If you're busy, you can win in DFS, get access to awesome lineups and great uh, advice here and there's going to be a slate every single night for NBA and a ton of NFL action uh, going into the end of the season here. So uh, definitely get go to dfscoachtalk.com and check us out.
0: Absolutely. We'd love to have you. If you have any questions, again, on Twitter, DFS coach Talk. You can find Shane at D-E-T Sports Shane. I'm at Language Olympic, and the coach is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. If you could, on YouTube, hit the Like button, hit Subscribe so you know when these podcasts are coming up. We're doing we're still doing five NFL podcasts per week and we'll do five NBA podcasts per week uh, on YouTube and wherever else podcasts can be found Two NBA podcasts per week. That'll be exclusive to our members. So that'll do it for tonight. Good luck on your Sunday night and Monday night lineups on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hanson. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.